time for another coffee drop. I have no clue what we're talking about. But I Rob, Rob just uh, decided the last minute, hey, let's do a coffee drop. And I said, okay, so. Here we are, but we have two guests with us. We do. We have Dr. Haisong Ye and our newly minted instructional designer, Jason Freeling. So welcome, gentlemen. I have a question for all of us. So Sal Khan, you all familiar with Sal Khan, Khan Academy. He did a TEDx talk back in April. Any of you had any chance to see that at all? I have not. No. Nope. So no. essentially his claim is how AI can save education, not destroy it. And Agreed. I am curious as to your thoughts. Um, if you've played with it, which I think we all have, Right, we've all played with Chat GPT four in the office. That is correct. What I've do you think? <laughs> You've never heard of it. I don't know what you're talking about. All right. Well, uh, for everybody except for Jared, <laughs> does that mean I can go home? <laughs> what do you think about that statement? That AI will save education. Mm hmm. It's a bit hyperbolic, but. Um, I think it resonates. I think when we had Dr. Brodick on, at least I, didn't, I haven't listened to it yet, full full disclosure, but based on his article that we brought him on for, he says it's necessary that higher education adapts to the use of ChatGPT and OpenAI, but he uses it more of a technology as a whole. Right. Um, save it, I would say there's more to it than just using OpenAI or ChatGPT, that the usage itself won't save it. I think there's more that needs to happen in order for it to save it, because it could also tear it down too. I guess it, I'd have to actually watch the TEDx because I'm sure that's not all that he says. I'm sure that he backs it up and says, it will save it if X, Y, Z. Yeah, it's interesting. And I'll, I'll, I will, I'll, answer that here in a moment with what I do know and but I do want to hear from Jason and from from High Song. Well, <clears throat> most of my teaching career uh, new technologies come out and it's always been oh this is going to revolutionize this is going to save this is going to change the face of education and while it does uh, have an effect on what education looks like um, it, it ends up being uh, a tool and much like a, a hammer uh, you can you can use that tool to to actually build a house, or you can put put a hole in the drywall. Uh, uh, you know, and 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 so uh, how it's used, I think, is going to be uh, uh, absolutely essential to whether it's in a, uh, a help or a deterrent for what's going on in education. Mm. Yeah, I kind of agree uh, with both of Jared and uh, Jason. So AI to me is kind of technology. If it can save education or not, it depends on how to use it, who use it. Based on just this statement, I cannot like totally agree with that. Hmm. Okay. Well, it's interesting. He uses uh, Benjamin Bloom's Two Sigma problem. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. Back in 1984, basically, he looked at the how generalized education creates a standardized curve or standard curve bell curve, right? And that 
uh, competency-based learning gave you one standard deviation improvement across the board, whereas tutor-based learning, so if you had one-on-one -on -one learning, you ended up with a two standard deviation. And so his whole point really was that AI becomes that one-on-one -on -one tutor. And at Khan Academy, they've created something called Conmingo, and it's, it's basically a Socratic tutor is the best way I can say it. They're using the AI bot. They're using ChatGPT4 as, an, as a tutor that, that does it Socratically. In other words, it doesn't give students the answers, but it can know when they've done something wrong or help guide them through an issue, whether it be math or, or you know, coding, um, and even in writing. So, uh, but it uses the Socratic method, you know, you have a mistake here and it'll identify where the mistake is located, but then it'll ask, why do you think there's a problem here? So his argument essentially is that he believes AI and they're, what they're doing with Conmingo is going to provide a two standard deviation improvement for learning with ChatGPT4 and what they're doing with it is it allows them to actually continue to use the same videos that they've been using but now the AI can interact with the videos it knows what's there and so it it can somehow analyze the videos and then answer questions the student might have or reference them you know in sense of you might want to go back and look at this or just lead them down a path of discovery. So I thought that was very interesting. And why are we talking about it in a coffee drop? Well, to me, the thing that's really interesting is we've been talking a lot about online learning. We've talked about online programs. We've talked about community of inquiry. How does AI fit into to that, right? You know, when you guys think about it, you're all instructional designers. You do this kind of stuff all the time. You plan out a course. How would you plan out a course to make AI a one-on-one -on -one tutor and some of the things that you're doing now? I think for me, where my mind goes is is having to vet the the not only the content but then the the AI uh, assistance. Um, you know what what how quality how much quality is there? What uh, was quality of the content it's pulling from? Uh, because I've used tools in the past that. Uh, for for grammar teaching, for instance, teaching grammar, and um, uh, you know when you end up having to correct the <laughs> the tool, um, you know it it then becomes troublesome. You've already committed to it, uh, and and now you're 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 uh, having to uh, work with with the tool, fix the tool, as well as uh, facilitate the class, and and so uh, it, it would be another. It, it end up being a live textbook in some ways, uh, where where another source, another um, tool to reteach. Um, maybe I'm I'm still old school, but I, I replacing the live human interaction. Uh, there there is no replacement for that. I mean, to me, having having a uh, AITA is great. <laughs> I mean, it's TA, not instructor. Like I I I'm teaching a uh, database management course this semester, as you know. So I used AI 
even sometimes in the during the class time. So I ask the ask the AI to generate some examples, like filling some makeup data to the table, and we can look at it. That it, that is very efficient. Mm-hmm. Also, like like even student like uh, working on those CQ query coding stuff. They when they have errors, they can just input the error to the AI and ask what's wrong with my code, and we'll give them instant feedback instead mm-hmm. of like emailing me, use the inbox or even Teams chat. I probably can reply them instantly, but not always. Like after two hours or three hours, students may move on to other things. So I think the that part, like uh, uh, instant feedback to the students, is, is a very helpful function. So yeah, if if I can use more, like if I can put more all my stuff in, like the uh, in-house uh, chat GPT, only focus on the content that I need, that will be better. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how things move forward because even even today, like Cedarville doesn't have the same kind of access to ChatGPT4 as say like a business like Khan Academy. Right? So there are gatekeepers that even let people in to these new or the newer versions or you have to pay. And let's just be honest, I mean it's 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 getting cheaper but it's not cheap, right? So you could use Bing. We could use Bing. We could have students use Bing and and uh, give a list of uh, guiding statements that the student needs to add to their interaction with Bing. Um, it's kind of like you know, here's a preamble, so to speak. Feed it this first, then then start asking questions. It just brought more questions to my mind as I kind of struggle with that question of where do we use the tool and where do we use the person? Because the reality is that even in our courses, even in our face-to-face courses here, not everybody gets the same attention. And I'm not meaning that as a a, a denigration. It's just reality. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Because you have some students that will, you know, make a beeline for the professor and give them no rest. And they will take up an inordinate amount of the professor's time, you know, and resources and feedback that don't, that doesn't get to go to every other student. And there may be students who need that, but they haven't been trained on how to go and find a faculty member and keep asking until they get their answer. Mm. If you had an AI programmed with our data from a biblical worldview that could stand in the gap a little bit as a TA, answer some of those questions to relieve some of those itching thoughts or ears that, that the student might have instead of having to wait until, you know, office hours, right? Okay, I've got these office hours, you got to sign up for it. Uh, and that's real high-end time. So, I don't know, that was what I wanted to discuss with you all and just hear your thoughts you know, because it does, I think it's going to have an impact on what we do and, and directly to what you as instructional designers do as you start thinking about how do we form courses and how do we bring this tool in and adapt it. You and I have talked about it, yeah. uh, Jared, on the podcast quite a bit, but, and I know we've talked about it loosely in the office mm-hmm. a little bit, but um, 
I just thought this might be a good place to drop a, an idea, a thought. I like the A-I-T-A. A-I-T-A. That's nice. That sounds like something from Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>